Another Joe Biden speech, another terrifying senility now moment that leaves us all wondering how many more days this country has under such impotent leadership. Let's take a quick look at the latest. Their plan has actually made working families going to make working families poor. You don't have to take my word for it. It's in writing. They've made their intentions perfectly clear. Senator Rick Scott, Wisconsin, a member of the Senate Republican leadership, laid Uh-oh. it all out. Oh, no. In a plan. It's the ultra MAGA agenda. Uh, ultra MAGA. It's the new catchphrase, everybody. Ultra MAGA. Now, of course, part of the catchphrase does not typically utilize Rick Scott from Wisconsin because Rick Scott's from Florida. Ron Johnson's from Wisconsin. No one seems to know what he means about this, but it is time for another edition of the Joe Biden gaff triangle of emotion. Let's go to the graphic. Now, this is a three-part triangle, of course. Which, how did that, how did that ridiculous moment from Joe Biden make you feel? The top of the triangle is scary. Then you have on the left, funny, and on the right, sad. And this one, we put in the quadrant, or the, uh, I don't know, the, what's a quadrant in a triangle? I don't know. The part of the triangle near funny. Why? Because it's a little scary, and it's a little sad, but it's mostly just funny. Like, I mean, you know, forgetting who a senator is or where he represents is embarrassing, but it's probably not going to end in a five nuclear death for us all, which is fantastic. I mean, you know, eventually we're all going to die in a fiery nuclear death because of this president, but for something totally different. Stu does America. BlazeTV.com slash Stu is the place to go to subscribe to Blaze TV. I think you should do that. If you've seen the mainstream media lately, I think you know why, and we really would appreciate uh, your support. I will tell you, Without you guys supporting us, these shows don't get on the air. Uh, These investigations that we do don't happen. The breakdowns uh, that we do, uh, they don't occur. It's all about you, and we do really appreciate that you support us. This is our 501st episode, and we hope to get to at least 502. So uh, we've got high, high expectations. Jacob Williams is here today. He's going to uh, talk us about a terrifying story right here in Dallas that has to do with the Dallas Mavericks and sex trafficking bizarre story. Global crypto regulation may be on the way very soon, but we start by doing Biden's economic apocalypse. That's hard to define. Now, which one of the Biden apocalypses we're talking about? There's a million of them going on. The border apocalypse will soon be a title of a show uh, in the near future, I believe. But we're going to start with the economic uh, apocalypse right now. And as you may know, we talked about it just a moment ago, uh, Joe Biden's senility now leadership uh, which, by the way, you can get the Senility Now t-shirt at studosmerch.com. If you use the code STU10, you can show all your friends that you understand the president is a senile buffoon. Uh, but uh, his leadership is just more and more bizarre by the day. I mean, we honestly, we came up with this Joe Biden gaff triangle of emotion, thinking we'd use it once or twice. We could use it every single day. Like, for example, watch this. I understand. That's why I've got a plan to lower the cost for everyday things that make most people who work to have, who need. And that would have fundamentally changed the standard of living if we just made things more affordable. Wait, what? I, I understand. That's why I've got a plan to lower the cost for everyday things that make most people who work to have, who need, and that would fundamentally change the standard of living if we just made things more affordable. 
these are like they're he just throws these words like again like that one I would say is more on the sad part of the triangle of emotion. I mean it's a little funny as well. Kind of scary, a little scary, but mostly just sad and that's the state of affairs in our country right now under president Joe Biden. The whole thing's kind of just sad. It's also scary. It's not very funny. The whole situation is just pretty sad. Uh, here he is. I mean, I wouldn't even do a triangle for this one, but you could have easily utilized it. Here's Joe Biden talking about inflation. And I agree with what Chairman Powell said last week, that the number one threat is the strength. And that strength that we built is inflation. The strength that we built is inflation. Here's the problem. I don't think that one was a gaffe. I don't think it's on the gaff triangle of emotion because I think he kind of means it. He has this weird thing that he thinks he's going to do to convince the American people that inflation is good. He first told you it didn't exist. Then he told you it was transitory. And now he's telling you it's good. And then he was telling you, uh, I think, uh, something about squirrels that were, he believed were in, uh, in his hair. And I, I don't, that was a different part of the speech, but uh, it was just, just, just as powerful as the others. Look, the, the economy is in real trouble right now. I was talking about uh, this with a friend of mine uh, who, you know, follows this stuff closely. And I was like, what's your vibe on the economy overall? And he said, look, I think we are in for really rough times. I mean, look, they're going to we're going to come out of this eventually, I hope. Um, you know, the, it may take a long time. But you look at even where we are as far as uh, the the. the the general sort of flow of an up and down cycle. And I don't think we're at the bottom yet. Do you? I mean, do you look at this president and the way this is going right now and you're saying, this is it. We're, it's only up from here. I don't think that's where we, I think we have a good way to go before we see the bottom here. And that is scary because so many people are already struggling. You know, look, you can't unplug an economy. I think that's a lesson that should be learned here. It's one that we were on you know, very early, obviously, on this program and probably a lot of other programs you watch here on The Blaze. But in the mainstream media, that was not the case. It was, why don't we shut down more? Why aren't more kids not in school? Why aren't more kids uh, kept, out, uh, you know, kept out of school so their parents have to stay home? Why did we open all these shops so early? It's dangerous. And at the time... What happened was we spent as much money as is humanly possible to try to offset this and basically, you know, uh, blur out all the real problems that we were going to have when you unplug an economy and turn it off for a period of time. And you can do that. You can you can smooth over the, 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 the deep drops and make pe people not feel the pain right away. But eventually it comes back and you do feel it. We did a show. I want to say I don't think we have the date, but it was something like in April. And this show, I want to say it was April 2020. And we had just kind of had this first mini sort of buyout package. And they were talking about doing another one. And I I did a whole show on, hey, guys, like, we're, how much money are we going to spend on this? Like, I understand we asked everyone to kind of stay home for a couple weeks, and you can't really do that without uh, filling in the gaps at some level. I understand the argument here for this first one, but we're going to do another rescue package? Oh, how naive I was at the time. We wound up doing, I think, 1,000. 
rescue packages. And, you know, look, it was uh, during the President uh, Trump's uh, um, presidency when he spent something like three or four trillion dollars on COVID. It was a much more defensible, understandable uh, expenditure as, as opposed to what we've done since Joe Biden came in. But I mean, we were at a point where Joe Biden uh, had his own advisors saying, hey, don't do this. We do not need to spend another one point nine trillion dollars. You already got the, the, the vaccines out there. You got treatments out there. You, you, people can go back to work here. We don't need another one point nine trillion dollars. This economy is going to get overheated already. Now we're seeing the ramifications of all that. Another trillion dollars, which, by the way, was a bipartisan bill that went through on infrastructure is another cause of all this inflation. And it's just going up and up and up and up. And now we're seeing the markets say, uh oh, you know, Jerome Powell, who's a guy, he's kind of an acolyte, um, a Volcker from back in the day. He saw what happened in the early Reagan days and looked at it positively. And, and look, in those days, raising rates was the right thing to do. May very well be the right thing to do now, but we're going to pay a price. This, this, this is painful when they do this. They're going to be raising rates. These markets are going uh, to pay. A lot of people are going to lose their jobs. We're in for what seems to be a pretty rough cycle here. All the markets are down. And we're getting what is apparently now just an American tradition that every time cryptocurrency goes down, everyone says it's the end of the market. I will say this part of it kind of makes me smile because people are now blaming Matt Damon. Now, (laughs) look, Matt Damon made a commercial where he was on like a space station and he's walking through this is for crypto.com, I think it was. And he's walking through and uh, he's saying fortune favors the brave, I believe it is. And first of all, I mean, look, you got to be brave to get into cryptocurrency, but I don't know that we need to encourage more people to just go crazy and bet money on crypto. There's enough people doing that already. That's already part of the culture. Um, So but, you know, Crypto.com Arena, they're spending all this money on uh, on Matt Damon. And I will say uh, even more offensive is they also gave LeBron James a big Super Bowl commercial which is the worst thing anyone has ever done, obviously. Uh, I will say, you know, and I've said this before on, on the Twitters, I follow Crypto.com. I'm a customer of Crypto.com um, and have been for a, a while. They appear to be in a death spiral. I, <laughs> this is, I have no inside information on this, but I will say they're changing all their rates. They seem to be trying to chase away large cu- customers from their platform. Uh, they, uh, they are, they're making it impossible to utilize it. Uh, and they just, they're doing what I remember MoviePass doing, where like, it was like, oh, you guys can see as many movies as you want for $9.95 a month. Okay, you can't see as many as you want. How about three a month? That'll be great, $9.95. How about two a month for $12.95? Is that, okay, well, you can't see any movie, obviously, at any theater. How about you can see one movie at this theater at three in the morning, once every three months? That's our final offer. And, uh, oh, we're out of business. That was kind of the MoviePass story. Crypto.com seems to be going through the same type of thing right now, which is pretty scary for people who have been there for a while. You know, there's a lot of promise here, but I do like the fact that everybody's blaming Matt Damon. The only thing I would complain about is start blaming LeBron James because he's at least as responsible, probably more because he's LeBron James. I want to go through a little bit of this on the crypto side, though, to keep things into perspective a little bit. One of the complaints, of course, is every time crypto goes down, we get this flurry of headlines about how, you know, crypto is dead. Here we go. Bloomberg, the crypto winter winter is here. Guardian, 
NFT scams, toxic mines, and lost life savings, the cryptocurrency dream is fading fast. Crypto is imploding. Here's all you need to know. Uh, Financial Times, the sun starts to set on the Wild West days of crypto. We'll have more on that coming up later in the show. Lehman moment for the crypto market? Experts say 90% of tokens may be wiped out? Wow, that's a hell of a prediction. And of course, the spectator, crypto is dead. Look, cryptocurrencies are very, uh, uh, very up and down. Okay, we've seen this. If you've been in this world for a while, you're very familiar with this process. There's ups and there's downs. The ups seem to be higher than the downs over time. I don't know if anyone's noticed that, and apparently not. And what they're doing in the media right now is for some reason, they see something that's decentralized out of the hands of the power of government is not regulated. They can't allow you to enjoy it. So what they're going to do is call it dead every single time. They called it dead many times before even the 2017 bubble, and certainly after in 2018 and 19, they called it dead over and over and over again. And you know, here it is, it's still much higher than even the peak of that bubble. I mean, it's really amazing. But I thought we'd look at this real quick because if crypto is dead, uh, sure, you can look at the absolute peak when Elon Musk is on Saturday Night Live and everyone's at the very highest point of a a very hyped up market and say that people have lost money. Yes, if you bought money on that day or if you bought crypto on that day, yes, you've lost you've lost some cash. I feel bad for you. I hope you didn't put in more than you can handle. That's always the advice I give everybody on crypto. It's very, very up and down. It's very volatile. Uh, The ups are fun. The downs suck, especially if you buy really, really at the worst possible point. But I decided let's look back for, for a second and compare a normal set of investments, the Dow Jones, compared to crypto and what that would mean to you looking back. Because everyone's telling you this is dead. Well, how is this this working out for people overall? It's been a tough six months to a year for cryptocurrencies. So let's look at this a little bit. If a year ago you put $10,000 in the Dow, today you would have $9,630. You'd be down, but just a little bit. If you put that 10,000 in Bitcoin, you'd only have $8,500. So you would be down more than you would be in the Dow if you invested the equal amount of money of $10,000 about a year from uh, your previous of today. Okay, well, I mean, you know, you'd be down a little bit, but maybe you'd be okay with that type of risk. I don't know. But let's not just stop there. Let's not stop at the peak and the highest point and compare it to today. Let's take it back a little bit more time. We keep hearing over and over again that Bitcoin is failing because Bitcoin uh, is supposed to be an inflation hedge and it's not working. Well, let's go back to the beginning of this inflationary period, which, of course, starts right after the downfall uh, of the economy from crypto. And as it's bouncing back two years ago today, if you invested in the Dow two years ago today, you'd make a pretty good return. Thirteen thousand four hundred dollars. So you're going from ten thousand to thirteen thousand. That's a good, solid return. If you put that same amount of money in Bitcoin, however, you would have $33,500. Well, maybe I just picked a fancy period for Bitcoin, right? I'm, I'm a Bitcoin guy. You know, I like the crypto stuff. So maybe I picked the best period possible. Let's go back a year before that, two, uh, two, three years ago. If you put $10,000 in the Dow three years ago, you would have $12,700 today. 
Uh, you know, it's an okay return, you know, not, not bad, but not super impressive. If you put that same money in Bitcoin on the same day, you would have $35,900. Again, it seems to be working pretty well for a lot of people who have decided to stay in it for any period of time. How about four years ago? Let's go back to four years ago. If four years ago you put $10,000 in the, in the Dow, you'd have $13,300. Again, that's not a terrible return. It's better than keeping it in a bank account, certainly. Nothing wrong with money in the stock market. However, if you put that in Bitcoin, you'd have $34,600. Again, much, much higher, almost you know, three times as much money. Let's go back five years just to see how that one goes. Five years ago, you put $10,000 in the Dow. You would have $15,800. Again, you made some money there. Nothing wrong with making some money. However, if you put that same $10,000 in Bitcoin, you would have $144,200 if you just stayed in it five years. Yet every piece of coverage about crypto is about some scam project or some failed project or how crypto is dead. How many times do we have to tell the same story? Does anybody believe these people anymore? You know, we're seeing this story play out in the economy because of massive failures from this president. And we could go through his entire presidency and it's hard to find any successes. I can't find one. I can't find one. That's why they like this abortion thing so much, because at least it's something. At least their base is with them on this. Their base is not with them on inflation. Their base is not with them on any of this stuff that's ruining their lives. The Fed now is confronting why it may have acted too slowly on inflation. This is a story we talked about over and over and over again. We said inflation is here. They said, no, it's not. We said, they said inflation is transitory. We said, no, it's not. And now they've just admitted it. And everyone's supposed to just move on. Well, we're not going to move on. We're going to keep pointing it out. And we're going to make sure that people are held responsible or do everything that we can to hold them responsible. And now there's a new political approach from the president who realizes, OK, I got nothing. His most pos- po- uh, popular policy right now is helping Ukraine, which, again, is not going uh, particularly well. I mean, I guess it's going better than Russia overrunning the entire country. But like this is exactly a success story. They were totally wrong uh, every step of the way on this thing. And that's their most popular policy. This is why they're going to the abortion thing so hard. But this came out. It said uh, Biden to blast Republicans as having no plan on inflation. The party that's out of power has no plan on the thing they said would happen if you passed $2 trillion of spending and you did it anyway, and that's their fault somehow? I, I, I tweeted, I feel like this is the picture that they showed, and it's just Biden kind of staring out into space and probably thinking about ice cream, but I kind of picture him saying, like, what if, follow me on this, uh, what if we say they have no plan on inflation? It's just embarrassing at this point. And I have said this before, and I will say it again. I am not the person who came into the Biden presidency with a lot of optimism. I did not think Joe Biden would be a good president. I didn't think a lot of the things he promised would come true. I didn't think he'd be a uniter. I didn't think he was a moderate. I didn't think he was competent. I didn't think he'd do a good job. But even with those expectations, it's almost impossible to quantify how terrible he has been at every aspect of his job since he walked into that building. It's it's incomprehensible to to attribute this 
to some sort of incompetence. I don't know. I, he couldn't be more incompetent than he is. And it might be worse than that. Honestly, when you look at his policy on the border, it looks like he's intentionally trying to destroy the country. It's, it's hard to look at it any other way. I didn't think he'd be a good president, but holy crap. We'll talk about the border and uh, also uh, some, some, of the other, some of the stuff coming over the border. We're talking about fentanyl. We're talking about sex traffickers. All the nonsense that's going on in that region right now. It's a scary time, and we're only weeks away from it being opened up even more. We'll talk about that with Jakob Uyens next. You've heard me talk about how important it is to have a VPN to protect your online privacy. But choosing a VPN you trust is equally as important. You know, they, we talk about this all the time of like a VPN will help shield you from, you know, uh, people who are trying to spy on what you're looking at on the Internet, people who are trying to hack you and, and, and look at your stuff. Well, if you have a, a, an untrustworthy VPN, they could look at it somehow, probably. You know, ExpressVPN, you don't have to worry about that. ExpressVPN is the best VPN on the market. Uh, they don't log your activity online. They developed a technology, Trusted Server, it's called, that makes their VPN servers incapable of storing any data at all. That is awesome. ExpressVPN uses Lightway, a new VPN protocol they engineered to make user speeds faster than ever so you can stream videos in HD quality with zero buffering. And I will tell you this, uh, you don't notice it. Like you go on, I don't, I don't have it. Uh, let's see, I can put it up as we're talking. Um, you go on ExpressVPN right here. You go to ExpressVPN, click it right here, pops up, click the button, and now it is connected. Boom, right there. And now I am online through ExpressVPN. And the great thing about that is I will go surf the web, I'll watch videos, I'll do whatever I want. And uh, there's no sluggishness at all. It runs perfectly. You don't even know it's there, and you're being protected. Uh, go to expressvpn.com slash stew right now. You'll get an extra three months of uh, free uh, on a one-year package. That's expressvpn.com slash stew, E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com slash stew. Check it out now, expressvpn.com slash stew, and learn more. I'm joined now by Jakob Bujens. He's, of course, a Blitz TV contributor and host of The Bottom Line. How's it going? Good to be with you. Always good to be on Stuberger. Yes, it's always, yeah. it's always a good time. Thanks, too. Um, uh, I want to talk to you about a story that I saw which blew my mind. Mm -hmm. And it blows my mind. You know how these stories, when they're personal to you uh, or you can see yourself in the situation, it impacts you even more. Yeah. I guess it's human selfish instinct, right? Sure. And so there's a story about um, a girl and her dad they go to a Dallas Mavericks game, which I've gone with my kids to a Dallas Mavericks game. Right? This his daughter was 15 years old. Uh, they're, they're at the Mavs game. She goes to the bathroom and does not come back. And all of a sudden, we have a missing child in a major public arena like this that just goes, you know, I don't know, or no resolution, no idea what happens. Can you tell us this story and how it unwound? It's really fascinating. Yeah, and it's actually textbook. You know, we did a film called Eight Days, which I encourage people to watch. And it was literally about Dallas. And then that girl was gone for eight days, this one for 11. But imagine you're sitting, your daughter 15 is going to the restroom in a Mavs game very populated, there's a lot of people moving about. Surely you'd think there the child would be safe. And I tell people that's the most vulnerable situation. Mm. And obviously she was profiled by someone who bought a black market ticket, entered the game on a fake ticket. So now all of a sudden you gotta look at the ticketing staff, 
This, these things are always coordinated, Stu. Human trafficking and sex trafficking is no longer just some random van pulling up, snatching someone from a park. Hmm. It's coordinated. There's always people with intel on the inside allowing a guy in with a fake ticket, which is what happened here. Then what they would do is they would profile. They would find the girl. So maybe she was walking around alone prior to that. And they would say, well, there's a separation between her and her father. Coerced her to walk outside. And once they got her outside, she's gone. Gone for 11 days. Now, the interesting thing is they went to police at the stadium, which is Dallas PD. The Dallas PD said, you live in North Richland Hills, which makes no sense. You should go to them. They go to North Richland Hills that night at like one o'clock in the morning. And they said, no, this is a Dallas PD case. Jeez. The interesting thing here is, and it was an anti-trafficking organization that uses facial recognition that found her online because the predators drove her to Oklahoma overnight quickly. I mean, it's only three hours and you're yeah. in Tulsa. Yeah, yeah. It's nothing. Mm -hmm. Now she's in a different state, different jurisdiction. So even if Dallas PD is looking for her, she's no longer here. Mm -hmm. In the process, they're taking photos of her. They're posting her online as a child for sale. They're creating child porn like that quick. She's gone for 11 days. A lot happens in 11 days. A lot. Through facial recognition, they find her online, which is very rare. These girls, when they get, go missing, they're typically missing for life. It's very hard to find them. But Dallas PD is not prepared for this, too. And we're the number one sex trafficking city in the United States. I had Dallas Vice Unit in my office last week. And they were asking us if we could help them qualify for a grant to potentially prove that there's a problem in Dallas to have a task force to protect children. <laughs> to prove it, it, it you just told me they're number one. I number mean, what more do we need to prove? It's well known. Number one in the nation. Dallas PD is trying to prove, make a case to get a grant to have a task force Jeez. to protect children in the this, in this city. Yeah, we're spending, what, we're sending, what, $40 billion over to Ukraine here in the next few That's weeks. Right. Well, but what... what I mean, so the Dallas PD, are, mm -hmm. are they the good guys? Do they want to help this situation, just don't have the resources? What, what, what's the situation here? I'm going to say this. Dallas PD, the officer in blue that wakes up tomorrow morning, are good guys. The leadership, bureaucratic. Mm. You can't, and, they, and it's a revolving seat. Superiors move. They can't get their act straight. Look, defund the police. Dallas Vice Unit was the first unit to go. Mm. So we haven't had a vice unit for two and a half years. We now have a vice unit back. The vice unit is raising their hand going, hey, we need some officers trained, you know, to identify this. Mark Cuban has an opportunity here. The mm. Mavericks have an opportunity here. Actually, every major sports league owner has an opportunity to say, we need to train our ground staff, our ticketing staff on how to profile and see when a child's under duress, et cetera, et cetera. So until it touches you personally, like you just said, should now touch the maps personally. Mark Cuban yeah. should go, listen, and, this is not good. And he has the resources, obviously, to just, just do this. Our right. organization will go train his staff for free. Hmm. This is not people will help, but they always think it's happening somewhere else. Yeah. Uh, well, it does feel that way. You know, I mean, I, look, I don't. Yeah. But it's not, though. But it's not. Um, so what can can you give us kind of the she was rescued? Is she OK? She's, she was rescued. Now, now you have to dig through what happened in 11 days. Drama right. informed therapy. The child was exploited. Now. Now, they're, they're protecting the child. Of course, you have to protect the identity. The child yeah. can't go, you know, and stand, you know, in, in a court of law and relive that experience. But any sexual exploitation, manipulation, this, is, this has got decades of ramifications in a child's life. Now, of course, the father would beat himself up and go, why did, 
Why did I let her go to the restroom? This is a normal occurrence. You go to a restroom, you're 15 years old. Right. It's not like a seven-year-old here. This is a 15-year-old. You'd think it would be fine. And there's eyes and ears in the stadium. And so those who coerced her to walk, she walked out of the stadium. She wasn't, you know, she wasn't drugged in the stadium and dragged out on a gurney. Mm -hmm. She walked out. She's coerced. And I want parents to understand the power of coercion. And if they don't think coercion is powerful, we shut a whole country down to put diapers on our face. <laughs> the power of we coercion. Found, yeah, that, that the power of coercion effective. works. And when it's a predator, yeah. using coercion, it's super powerful. Parents have to get involved. But it's, it's a scary thing, man. Did they catch the people who did this? Arrested eight of them. Three okay. are, pro- yeah, because of facial recognition, thankfully. But this is so rare. Stu, it's under 1% mm-hmm. that this is the case. I don't want people to think that this is the norm. Okay. Well, if she's gone for 11 days, think as a parent, your child's missing for no, 11 God, days. Uh, it's impossible. And the police department tells you um, nothing we can do. Hmm. Right. How uh, how much of this is tied to the border? Because we hear that the border is about people coming across that want to do jobs that Americans just won't do. Uh, but there's a lot more going on uh, yeah. across this border. That used to be the case. It's no longer. You know, we go to the border. We were fired upon at the border. Hmm. Yesterday, I sat in the attorney general, the uh, Bicentennial Mexico-U.S. Attorney General Summit. We had 20 attorney generals sitting, talking about the border. I can tell you now that Ambassador Salazar said nothing about securing the border in a whole day summit. Mm. Did not talk about They talked more about how we're going to help Mexico apprehend Americans that are hiding in Mexico than they talked about fentanyl flowing across the border. 347 Americans dying a day from fentanyl. Uh, Frisco, Texas being number one city for deaths of fentanyl. Jeez, this area. Maybe I moved to the wrong area here. It's, it's, they're coming for us like, like thunder. And so children are being trafficked across the border. The biggest issue about the border, I want Americans to understand, Stu, illegal crossings does not happen at legal crossings. The illegals, do, they don't cross at border crossings. They cross on private property. Hmm. You're talking about cutting a fence of a farmer, a 20,000-acre watermelon farm. They come in by the thousands. The real number, the true number, We've had 10 million people cross the border in the last two years. Mm. That's the real number. And we say, ca- I mean, they've caught a couple million. 2.5. So I believe it's probably that high. But I was there. So one in four gets apprehended, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. So 2.5 was caught, mm-hmm. but released into the U.S. Not caught and sent home. And I mean, I'm standing there. They're caught. They're apprehended. They call a bus. They're picked up. And it's like... It's America's problem. That's why Ron DeSantis said, look, you can't send any more here. We can't deal with it. On a trafficking side, our system is completely taxed. Our resources right. are, we're tapped out. We, we, we're having a hard time helping American kids. Never mind a kid that has no fingerprints, no ID, no birth certificate. That's literally a ghost in our this society. This is incomprehensible. I mean, we, yeah. we are spending so much yeah. money. I, I, we are spending, I mean, just the bills that have been proposed and approved since Biden came into office, multiple trillions of dollars. Yes. There's no reason that something this important should not have resources. The, the resources are available. It's misappropriated, number one. And number two, people ask me on the border, especially Yaku, the wall, the wall. And I said, guys, if there's a wall, if you go build, Trump says, you know, Trump's, I've been to that wall so many times. Let's say you build a hundred foot walls too mm-hmm. for all 1,941 miles of our border with Mexico, but you don't have a policy that backs the wall up. Yeah. They'll scale the wall. It yeah. means nothing. The, yeah, the wall is not, it, it can help in certain areas. It helps, but, but there it's not has the to be answer. a policy that yeah. says you come legally. The policy at the moment says come illegally. And as a matter of fact, in about a week from now, on the 23rd, yeah. Title 42 goes away. 
yeah, what happens? I mean, we, we, we have word of thousands and thousands of illegal immigrants lining up, just waiting for the, you know, for the flag to go, the, you know, for the flag to go and for them to get across the border. People are waiting for this day to happen. It looks like it will happen on the 23rd, although it's, you know, there's some, uh, some you know, uncertainty about that exactly. As of yesterday, what I heard, it's going to go down, if not a day before, but it's going to go down on the 23rd. But here's what's going to happen. We're going down next week to the border, right? There's 14,000, give or take, 14,000, 15,000 amassing mm-hmm. in, in Eagle Pass, just waiting, not eating, living in human feces, no food, no water. It's child abuse. They're coming across the border. It's going to happen. I mean, and, and so it's reckless too, but it's by design. You have to ask yourself, you can't fail this bad. It's impossible to fail this bad. This mm. is by design. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let's, uh, let's talk about the fentanyl thing a little bit. Yeah. Uh, Glenn did a show last night. I encourage you, if you're a Blaze TV subscriber, blazetv.com slash stew, uh, to watch it because it was all about fentanyl and the yeah. border. And the shocking things that are going on uh, there. This is now the number one cause of death for mm-hmm. people, I think, 18 to 45. Um, you know, we all know all this, this horror stories about how little fentanyl can kill someone. Yeah. It's, it's really in, insane. And these are people, a lot of times, you know, teenagers, college kids who are taking a pill, maybe recreationally, maybe to help study or whatever that ha- that's laced with fentanyl, and they're just dying. Yes. This isn't, you know, we have this idea of like, okay, this guy's been on heroin for 10 years, and it's, this is not the story anymore. No, no, I want you to think about this. If I told you today a Boeing 747, and we shared a lot of intel with Glenn for that show, and he did a great job. Mm. If a 747 falls today and tomorrow and the next day, the FAA shuts down air travel. Mm-hmm. That's going to happen. Well, there's a 747 worth of people, 347 per day, mm. that die from fentanyl in this country. And Big Pharma has not made a single statement. China is formulating these pills in Mexico and they're stamping them as Adderall, mm-hmm. as Xanax. So now you've got a kid taking an Adderall from his friend. That Adderall, so I'm telling parents today, if your child is on Adderall, if your child's on any medication, you absolutely have to go tell your child you cannot take anything from a friend because they're dying taking Adderall. We looked at, you know, West Point, the West Point grads that passed away. Four West Point, four or five West Point grads, seven died. Only three of them took the fentanyl. The other ones died from giving mouth-to-mouth resuscitation. Jeez. This is how potent this stuff is. And they weren't taking a fentanyl pill. They were taking a Xanax, an Adderall, something else. We're finding it now in the illicit uh, cannabis market. It's laced in the medibles market, in the gummy bears, oh, yeah. CBD gummies. So China is, China is culprit number one. They're formulating this in Mexico. It's flooding across the border. The same trafficking groups, they're trafficking children. The cartels are trafficking fentanyl. But it's not like it's white powder right. coming across the border. It's now a thing stamped as... Adderall, they're talking about they found counterfeit toothpaste with fentanyl and toothpaste coming across the Mexican border. So where's our administration on this? If there's E. coli or listeria in food, right. they go, halt, yeah. recall. That's what like, they did with, with baby formula, right? Come they, on. Yeah. And uh, now people can't get baby Have formula. you heard Jen Psaki? Have mm. you heard President Biden talk about fentanyl deaths? They're, uh, they're behaving like it doesn't exist. Yeah, it really is. Okay. Um, how can people get involved with your organization if they want to? Thank you. Please. Yakuboyan's Ministries or sharetogethernow.org. They can get involved. They can volunteer. They need to educate themselves to keep their children safe. Signs to look for, how to talk to your child, how predators operate online. Uh, we appreciate it, Stu. Oh, Thank yeah. You. Obviously massively important and getting more important by the day. Yakuboyan's Blaze TV contributor, host of The Bottom Line. Uh, thanks for coming on the show. We really appreciate it. Thank you. 
let's talk about some maybe a little more positive stuff for a second. You got summer coming up here. You got uh, you want to go on some adventures. You want to take them to the next level. Well, Bespoke Post uh, and their new seasonal lineup of must-have box of awesome collections is the way to do this. This is really cool stuff. Uh, they partner with small businesses and emerging brands to bring you the most unique goods uh, every month. So no matter what you have going on this season, they've got you covered. From camping gear essentials to beach day and travel must-haves, Box of Awesome has everything you need for the summer. To get started, you just take a quick quiz at boxofawesome.com. Your answers will help them pick you uh, the right right box for you. Or if you're giving it for a gift for someone else, uh, you can hook them up to do this and they'll just, they're gonna love this. Uh, they release new boxes every month across a ton of different categories. Each box is valued at around $70, but I've never seen one at $70. They're always much more than that and you only pay a fraction of that price anyway. Uh, plus, with each box of awesome, you're supporting small businesses. 90% of everything that comes in your box of awesome is from a small up and coming brand. It's free to sign up. You can skip a month and every time. It's really easily customizable. You can cancel any time. Get 20% off your first monthly Box of Awesome when you sign up at boxofawesome.com and enter the code STU at checkout. Boxofawesome.com. The code is STU for 20% off your first box. Boxofawesome.com. Code is STU. One of the stories I'm like obsessed with right now is this UST story. You might not know what this is if you don't look at look at the cryptocurrency stuff at all. But UST is a stable coin, which is something that's supposed to spend, uh, say, stay right at a dollar, basically. It's supposed to represent a dollar. So you have some stability. You have, in crypto, the markets go up and down so much, you want to have a, an easy way to store just a dollar until you want to put it somewhere else, right? So the stable coins exist. There's a bunch of them. Um, this one is an algorithmic stable coin, which is different than some of the other ones. So some of the other ones have, like, big... Basically, like uh, they've got, you know, uh, collateral behind them. So they're backed up like USDC is one of them. Uh, one of the big ones. There's a there's a bunch of them. Uh, UST is an algorithmic one. It not going into all the detail on how it works, but basically it's supposed to it works with another cryptocurrency to offset each other and keep this one right around a dollar. So it's supposed to work. And it had worked for a long time. Billions and billions of dollars went into it. And then someone tried, which I've, I've heard described as a George Soros type attack, where uh, they decided like, hey, we can sink these markets and make a ton of cash off of this. And they attacked the currency and it is now, um, uh, it is unpegged from the dollar. So it's now, I mean, last I saw it was at something like 39 cents, which is a catastrophe in this world. It's hard to explain how big of a deal it is, but it's wiping out tons of people. And it, it, immediately Janet Yellen is on television saying, hey, this is uh, th this is what we were talking about. We need more regulation. And now we're saying uh, they're saying global cryptocurrency regulation uh, and a body to do that is likely in the next year. This is something that they're looking for any problems in the cryptocurrency world right now. And there's plenty to choose from at the moment. And they're saying, hey, this is the reason you need us. Government needs to be involved in this stuff. So that is one huge pressure on all cryptocurrencies. You have one project that goes wrong and it affects everybody. And we're still kind of in that Wild West period. Uh, so they're going to try to rein that in. We'll see how it goes. Jerome Powell, by the way, is confirmed uh, as his second term as Fed chair. And this is an interesting story for let me give you one real reason why this is important. He is a guy who who liked what Volcker did back under Reagan, which was raise rates quickly to get inflation under control. We may very well need to do that right now, but that's going to be in the short term very damaging to the economy. And it's one of these things that you're wondering why you're not seeing a lot of outrage from Republicans. Well, 
they're kind of like, well, let's let them do this now because Biden's going to get the blame for it. Problem is, you know, of course, politically, if it works, eventually you have to pay for the price for that. But the Republicans are like, I don't want it. Let's have him do it. We don't want any part of this. So I do think we are in for some tough times going forward when it comes to the economy. We'll keep all over it for you as well uh, as, as we will hear as well as on the radio program. Back in a second. Buying or selling a home is already one of the most stressful things you can do, and it can be 10 times worse if you're not working with the right agent. Generally speaking, our homes are our biggest investment, and that's a lot of responsibility, uh, and you need an agent who can take that seriously. That's why I always talk to you about realestateagentsitrust.com. I mean, I know the people behind this building, obviously uh, this company. I know you know Glenn Beck, of course, who started it. I know the other guys that are behind it as well, and they do a great job looking for the best agents in every market. They do their homework. They talk to every agent every agent before inviting them to join the network. And here's a big thing. They only work with full, full-time professionals, not part-timers or inexperienced agents. The team makes uh, the introduction and then follows you through the buying or selling process to make sure that you're satisfied. It's a great idea and one that is whose time has come long ago. The agents they work with have long track records and they are the best sellers in their field. They're part of uh, this audience largely and they share your values. They're you know, really... They'll go anywhere you, you, you want to go in the United States. So if you're buying or selling a home, go to realestateagentsitrust.com. Give them some uh, info. They will uh, contact you. Make sure you get introduced to the best agent in your area. It's realestateagentsitrust.com, realestateagentsitrust.com. We celebrated our 500th episode yesterday, and I've been hearing from a ton of you how much you enjoyed the show. So from the bottom of my heart, thank you. We, by the way, also announced a new Power Hour, studospowerhour.com. Get all the details there on how you can attend. Yes, we're inviting you this time. We think it's been messy enough on its own to let you in and let you be part of the disaster. So check that out, studospowerhour.com. Uh, now, because I love you so much and because you're so important to me, allow me to push some of my merch on you as well. Yes, of course, fans of the show can be found rocking a Power Hour hoodie. Yes, of course. A Nancy Pelosi sucks pen. Yes, they are in stock again. Or an Andrew Cuomo is awful mug. But the super fans, the ones who are going to get invited to my Christmas party, not guaranteed, are the ones with a senility now stickers on their bumpers or enjoying the summer of wokeness with a wokeness is weakness Tank top. I mean, the Colin Kaepernick shirt is still one of my favorites. It's not one of the best sellers, uh, but I love it because you can't even tell that it's an anti-Colin Kaepernick shirt. The LeBron James shirt, you can tell, is very anti-LeBron James. Anyway, uh, no matter your level of fandom, no matter where you are in the country, and subsequently, no matter if you like me or not, you can find all of our merch items at stewdoesmerch.com right now. And if you use the promo code STU10, you're going to save 10%, which is a very, very high-quality deal. Let's get to your comments on YouTube on the 500th episode. I'm enjoying the contrast of enthusiasm in Stu's voice between the first and 500th episode. It truly has been a rough couple of years. Oh, my God, that cannot be more true. Uh, I think I've seen all 500 episodes. It's been so much fun. I'm looking for, uh, forward to years of more Chartapaloozas, Conservanerds, Unite. Yes, uh, have been watching from episode one. Congrats on 500. Love the show. Five stars. Thank you so much, Rick. Happy 500 stupid does whatever show. 
Yes, Deborah, we made it. I uh, wonder how much uh, uh, how much that extra letter in episode set you guys back. Hope you can still put on a show tomorrow. Well, here we are. We made it through the show, and we paid for the extra icing S. And uh, your views on podcasts are really important to us. Helps us spread the word, get up the charts. Mark writes, a few good podcasts. You want the stooth? You can't handle the stooth! Five freaking stars. Thanks so much. We really appreciate it, and we will see you for episode 502 tomorrow.